Our reading this morning is from the uh, book of Acts chapter 1 and uh, I'm reading from verse 1. Acts chapter 1 and reading from verse 1. In my former book, Philophilus, I wrote all about that the things that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. A couple of uh, weekends ago, some of us were in uh, Southport and uh, for our church weekend away. And uh, once again, the sun was shining and we had a, a wonderful time. And uh, sometimes as, as a minister, you feel like it's, uh, it's part of your role and job uh, to come up with, uh, with new ideas. And sometimes as the congregation, the people of God, you probably think, oh no, uh, not another bright idea. Uh, or not another, not so bright idea might be the uh, the more correct way in putting it. Well, on the church weekend, uh, our theme for the weekend was uh, each one reach one. Can't claim the uh, the phrase for my myself. Uh, I had this uh, feeling that at the church weekend we should be thinking about reaching out. And as I was looking for images and, and things to use, I just came across this slogan and it kind of struck me as something that uh, people could grasp hold of and, uh, and take and, and, uh, and take away and, and really try and uh, engage in it. So that was our theme for the weekend. And uh, as I said, we had, uh, we had a lovely time and uh, we shared uh, great fellowship together and, uh, and food and, uh, and we had a, a lovely time. But the, sometimes you feel that you go away and, uh, and, and you do these things and, and you have a marvellous time. And then you kind of leave it and just go back to normality and, and, and carry on. As if nothing had happened. And I felt over this weekend that, that the people who were there and myself, uh, we really kind of got hold of this idea that actually uh, each person can reach uh, one person for Christ. 
And uh, so I thought it would be worth kind of sharing this with the rest of the church and turning it into kind of a little uh, mini sermon series over the next few weeks. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, looking at uh, how we can, as a congregation, as a people of God, uh, reach out uh, with the love of Christ and with this idea that each one of us can reach one. And it kind of fits into the... uh, for the theme this morning. Over the weekend we were looking at the passage as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And of course that passage at the end of Matthew 28 when Jesus gives them that great commission to go and make disciples. And of course in the uh, Ascension, uh, Sunday after Ascension Day, uh, it kind of seemed to fit into that theme because it was still about uh, reaching out and being his witnesses. So I thought it would be good for us to kind of uh, to continue that theme. And uh, for people, you know, uh, in who went on the weekend, you know, if you feel that uh, that God spoke to you or you've got a story, then come and tell me and we'll include that uh, in this series so that people can share uh, what they felt God was saying uh, to them or to the church as a people, because people did share stuff on the weekend, uh, which would be good uh, for the whole church uh, to hear and so that we can uh, be part of that. And uh, of course, we're calling it uh, Up, Up and Away. Uh, you know why now we're calling it Up, Up and Away. Uh, how does the song go? Up, Up and Away in my... Berlin. Yeah, you've got it. You're there. You're there before me. Okay. So, um, the first thing I want to say is that the ascension focuses our attention. The ascension, you'll notice I'm going for a bit of a rhyme thing here. Uh, the ascension uh, focuses our attention on mission. The ascension focuses our attention on mission. I don't know about you, but I'm the sort of person that can be very easily distracted. Are you? Are you the sort of people that can be very easily distracted? Are you working away on your computer and uh, a note comes that you've got an email? Uh, you could carry on working, but no, we'll have a look at the email. And then all of a sudden you're distracted. And, and before you know it, you've, 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 you've stopped doing what you should have been doing. Or you're at home, you know, and you're, you're, you're about to embark on, on something and something catches your eye on television. And before you know it, you've sat in the, in the evening or the day is gone and you didn't do what you were supposed to be doing. And, uh, you know, sometimes in church it can be a bit like that. Uh, we, we are so easily distracted. And very often the distractions are not really that important. Uh, But what they do is they distract us from what we should be doing. And it seems to me that the ascension, it focuses our attention on mission. Um, Mark Mitterberg, in his his book, Building a Contagious Church, says, the irony is that while many of us in the churches and denominations have a rich heritage and strong reputation for evangelism, in many cases, precious little is actually happening. Let's be honest, in most ministries... Very few lost people are being reached for Christ. Quite scary, isn't it? Uh, that this guy has come to the conclusion that in most ministries, not in one or two, but in most ministries, very few lost people are being reached for Christ. We can carry on being church and have a wonderful time and do all sorts of things without reaching people for Christ. And, hey, nobody's going to be that concerned. I said on the church weekend, you know, I get all sorts of people knocking on my door uh, with all sorts of complaints. But nobody, or hardly anybody, has ever knocked on my door and said, Richard, there's a crisis in the church. 
We're not reaching people for Christ. People will come and say, we don't like the music, or, or we don't like this, or we don't like that, or we're concerned about this, or whatever. But it's very rare that someone's actually come to me and said, there's a, there's a, a calamity going on in the church. We're not actually reaching people for Christ. And it seems to me that that seems to be what Jesus uh, said to disciples, is what we should be doing. Um, the disciples uh, uh, came to Jesus, and this was the last time they met him. And, of course, you've got to remember, the disciples, have, they've been through their own ups and downs, haven't they? Uh, they've been following Jesus for three years. And they come to him with this question, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? It's not as a daft as question as it might sound. We know that the disciples continually uh, misunderstood, basically, what Jesus was trying to tell them. And that's why Jesus had to tell them the same thing again and again and again and again. Because they didn't all, 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 always get it. But you've got to remember that the disciples uh, were Jewish people. And uh, the Jewish people were expecting a Messiah, uh, really uh, somebody like King David. Who basically was going to come and restore Israel to its greatness. Remember that Israel is now an occupied territory. And uh, the Jews have been downtrodden. And uh, the Romans had occupied uh, Jerusalem. And the the disciples uh, really thought that Jesus was the Messiah who was going to restore Israel to its rightful place. Do you remember when the disciples were asking Jesus about, you know, could they have the best places uh, in his kingdom, they were probably not thinking about a kingdom in, a, in another world in heaven. They were probably thinking about when Jesus comes and reigns in this world and they wanted to be, you know, part of his uh, government and have the best places. So their question isn't really uh, such a daft question. And basically what they were asking is that same question that some of you have asked or some of your children have asked when you get in the car and you're going on a long journey. Basically, they were saying is, are we there yet? We've all experienced that, haven't we? Sometimes it's just after you get out to the drive, isn't it? Or just down the road and someone says, are we there yet? And, uh, and it can become a little bit annoying, can't it? Uh, but that's basically the question the disciples are asking. Is this it? Are we there? Is this the moment in time when you are going to restore Israel to its rightful place over all the other nations? And of course, Jesus' response uh, is to say, you know, it isn't for you to know the times and the dates. Try telling that to your kids. It's not for you to know the time that we will arrive at our destination. Trust me, it's in my hands. I'm driving this vehicle. Uh, and see how they respond. That's just a little bit of a, uh, a clue there for you. They got distracted. Later on in the passage, it says that they were looking up into heaven as the sky, as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. As the Lord was taken up into heaven. They didn't really shout uh, to infinity and beyond. But what they did say, the angels, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? And again, isn't it interesting um, that the two men dressed in white uh, 
again, are trying to bring their attention back down to earth because they were gazing into the heavens. And it seemed to me that it was almost like a little picture or a little parable that so often, uh, it may, may seem odd for us to say, you know, don't look up into heaven. Because very often when we're worshipping God, that's what we're doing, isn't it? We're focusing on God and Jesus who are in heaven. And uh, it's so easy. And we, and we love to worship, don't we? We love to sing and to praise God. And it's wonderful. I'm not saying it's, it's a bad thing. Uh, but it, it can be a bad thing if it actually distracts us from the things that God calls us to do. We've all heard, you know, that phrase that, you know, the person is so heavenly minded uh, that is no earthly good. And, and sometimes as Christians, we can get caught up and we think it's all about worshipping God. And of course it is all about worshipping God, but that doesn't mean just endlessly singing one song after another. Worshipping God, we do it with the whole of our lives. And we certainly do it when we're trying to reach out. So, the two men in white, they, what they do is they bring them back down to earth with a bump. And they say, the focus is not to be on heaven, but on earth. You see, they were distracted uh, with the, by asking the wrong questions. And they were distracted by looking in the wrong direction. And sometimes we face those same directions. We ask wonderful questions, but they're not always the right questions. Uh, we look sometimes in the wrong direction. We look inwardly rather than outwardly. We get so wrapped up in all the things that are going on in the life of the church. We have these programs and we have lots of people uh, with lots of concerns. And don't get me wrong, uh, you know, we are concerned desperately about people. Uh, but not just the people in the church. We want to reach out um, to this local community. So the ascension focus our attention on mission. And says, don't be distracted even by things that may seem heavenly and wonderful. Don't let it be a distraction to you. And then secondly, the ascension gives us our direction for mission. The ascension focuses our attention on mission. Jesus has got the attention of the disciples. He says, you know, um, it's not for you to know the times and dates. Don't worry about that. But this is what I want you to concentrate on. This is what I want to give your attention to. And he actually gives them the direction for their mission. And he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. Jesus had a plan for the salvation of the world. There's a story or legend told about when Jesus, you know, uh, returned to heaven after, had, uh, after he had ascended, a little bit like a balloon going up into the air. And uh, he was talking to some of the angels. And uh, they were obviously welcoming him back into heaven. Uh, one of the angels says, well, what happens now? And Jesus says, well, I've, I've left 11 guys down there. And uh, it's up to them now. And the angel says to Jesus, are you mad? Are you crazy? What if they don't do what you tell them to do? What's plan B? And Jesus turned around and says, there isn't a plan B, that's it. Isn't it remarkable that we are sat here today in Lom, in Rosendale, in Lancashire, in the UK, because those disciples took on board what Jesus said about being his witnesses. They just simply did what, this, what Jesus told them to do. 
You know, Christianity, sometimes we make it very, very complicated, but actually it's really quite simple. We're called to do what Jesus asks us to do. There's all sorts of distractions. Uh, We come up with all sorts of wonderful ideas and plans, but we need to stick to plan A, which was the plan that Jesus had. Because his plans are good plans. My plans will be a little bit iffy and a little bit wacky and not always work, but we can trust Jesus because his plans work. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And yes, that includes Lot. Some of you might think this is the end of the earth, but uh, there we go. So we see that the Jesus' plan was that it, the, 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 the witnesses would actually spread out. And this is why I say that the ascension gives us direction for mission. They were to start in Jerusalem, which is where they were. And then when they were to reach out to the next place, which was Judea, and then to go into Samaria, which was where uh, people that didn't worship God were, and then, of course, to the ends of the earth. And really, Acts tells that story of that uh, witnessing that started in Jerusalem and then spread out. Uh, When we were at the church weekend... I uh, introduced people to the paper plate form of evangelism. Uh, If you're not familiar with the paper plate form of evangelism, I gave everybody a paper plate. And uh, I asked them to put themselves in the middle and then to draw circles outside of people that they were actually in contact with on a regular basis. And uh, people took these paper plates and they did what I asked them to do, which is quite amazing in, 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 a, in a Baptist church. They did what I asked them to do and they wrote all these names of people. And then I said they needed to pray over these plates. Uh, imagine that. They were to pray over the plates and uh, come up with one or two names. And we said these are going to be our targets for mission. These are people that we are going to target And then I explained to them that this is exactly what Jesus did, in case you think this is a crazy, daft idea, that Jesus uh, had a target, went for mission. And originally Jesus said, you know, uh, only reach out to the lost tribes of Israel. Don't go uh, amongst the Gentiles. That was Jesus' initial plan for uh, the target, and he reached out to to Jewish people. And then we see in the Acts of the Apostle, and, and beginning here, that Jesus says, actually, it's bigger than what you thought. It's not just about Jerusalem. It's not just about Israel. It's about the whole world. You see, the disciples' thinking was far too narrow. Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel now? They thought it was all about them. They thought it was all about Israel. And how often do we think it's all about us? And it's all about our situation. It's so easy to think that. Well, Jesus has got a bigger plan. And so people wrote their people's names and... uh, we said that Rick Warren said in his book, The Purpose Driven Church, I believe the most effective evangelism strategy is to first try to reach those whom you already have something in common. Whatever type of people you already have in your congregation is the same type of people you are likely to attract more of. And he says this may discourage some pastors. But hey, not this one. <laughs> I don't mind more people like you uh, if we're bringing them into the kingdom of God. And these are the names. These are the uh, we, we stuck people's names on a on a bit of uh, brown paper and we put it on the wall. And uh, we came up with uh, you know sixty odd names of people who we are already in contact, who we want to reach with the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, we're not going to lose these names, uh, but we hope that other people might want to add to them. And if you want a paper plate, 
Uh, you know, I will give you a paper plate and you can work out your circle of friends and acquaintances, neighbours, and then you can pray over that plate and, and ask God to, to lead you and direct you to one or two people. And we can add those people to the list of targets that we are targeting people that we want to reach with the good news of Jesus Christ. And then we, uh, we did something with straws because we are, we like doing things with straws. We, we straws, we put straws together and we connected because we wanted to say that we're in this together. That we want to support people where they are as they try and reach people with the good news. We want to support that by praying alongside them in, in house groups and small groups and prayer meetings to continually pray for these people. Because I don't know about you, but I was almost prayed into the kingdom of God. When I became a Christian, I was gobsmacked to the number of people who came up to me and said, Richard, we've been praying for you for years and years and years. And I had no idea. So, uh, each one reach one. The ascension gives our direction for mission. And uh, we, we, are, we are trying to find direction. At our last church meeting, we uh, finally agreed on a mission statement. We've been working as a group of deacons on this for, for quite a while. And we came up with a mission statement, which again... It's really just to remind people what it is we are about. And we said we are, uh, you know, Lund Baptist Church's is, is mission is to bring people to faith in Jesus Christ and into membership of the church family, to encourage each other to grow in Christ-like maturity, to equip all for ministry in the church and mission in the wider community in order to magnify God's holy name. And you've got those M's there, which hopefully will help people remember. It's about membership, maturity, ministry, mission and magnifying God's holy name. And of course, that kind of fits in with those five purposes um, for the church, you know, magnifies about worship, membership, it's about fellowship, maturity is about discipleship, ministry is about ministry, and uh, mission is about evangelism. Uh, this is what we're about. This is our direction. This is what we want for each and every person with the idea that each one can reach one. So the ascension, uh, it focuses our attention on mission. It gives our direction for mission. And then finally, the ascension reminds us of our provision for mission. Not the greatest word to use here, but I, I wanted to get a bit of a, a rhyme thing going. It's actually about our energy for mission, really. Because Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. We don't have to do this in our own strength. And so often, one of the problems why most ministries aren't reaching people with the good news is people try and do things in their own strength. People have good ideas, but they try and do it in their own strength. Jesus says to disciples, wait. Sometimes when people talk about the Holy Spirit, uh, they, they seem to assert the Holy Spirit with, with kind of chaos and disorganisation. Whereas actually, if you look at Scripture, uh, you don't find that. Jesus told them on several times that the Holy Spirit was going to come, that they were to wait in Jerusalem, and this is what was going to happen. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. I'm sure they were surprised and shocked and, and everything else because, because they didn't always take on board what Jesus said. But Jesus had told them it was going to happen. It was orchestrated. It was organised. It wasn't that they were taken by... Well, they were taken by surprise because we don't expect God to do what he says he's going to do, do we? That's the, the thing. We're human beings. We, we, we're frail and we don't always believe or trust or accept. But Jesus had told the disciples this is exactly what's going to happen. Um, and of course... Uh, this is uh, Rob Bell, and he says in his book, Jesus Wants to Save Christians, it's as if liberation for all humanity, for all creation, how could something that massive, that true, that good, that compelling, stay in Jerusalem? 
This was so big, it couldn't possibly be contained in Jerusalem. He goes on to say, it's as if Jesus says, if this happens in Jerusalem, it will be impossible for it to stay in Jerusalem. And of course, it was impossible. It didn't just stay in Jerusalem. Why? Because the disciples waited and were empowered for mission by the Holy Spirit. Do you notice that the Holy Spirit is given to empower the disciples for mission, not so that we can have some sort of party and celebration and do all silly things in the life of the church. It's not about us. It's about him and his plan and his idea for salvation. And that's why the Holy Spirit was given. The ascension reminds us that our provision for mission, we don't have to go out alone. We go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And people become Christians because of the influence and the power of the Holy Spirit working on their lives. We can't make anybody a Christian or a disciple. But we can pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our friends and our neighbours and our colleagues' lives so that they come to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus seems to me to be calling his followers and disciples to do. So the ascension reminds us of the provision for mission. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. He's spoken about it before. John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus said was going to happen. And I don't know about you, when I've read the Bible, one of the things I've noticed, if Jesus says something... It happens. But have you noticed that? You know, Jesus says, get up to the lame person, and they get up. If only if it was that easy. You know, Jesus says he's going to feed 5,000 people, and he feeds 5,000 people. When Jesus says something, it happens. So the ascension reminds us of our provision for mission, that Jesus promises the disciples he's not going to leave them alone, but he will send a helper, a counsellor, the Holy Spirit. So, the Ascension focuses our attention on mission. The Ascension focuses our direction for mission. And the Ascension reminds us of our provision for mission. It's that idea that each one of us can reach one. And we're going to be exploring that over the next few Sunday mornings.